I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, friends, and welcome back for season three of Quit Your Day Job. I am your host, Alicia Fernandez-Miranda. In this podcast, you'll learn all about the fascinating jobs that people do, some that you might never have even heard of, as you contemplate your own personal and professional future. I started this podcast because I've always been fascinated by jobs. I even quit my own day job to spend a year as an intern. You can read all about it in my new book, My What If Year. It comes out on February 7th, and you can pre-order it right now, everywhere books are sold, or head over to my website, aliciafmiranda.com, for more information. Go ahead, I'll wait. In these times of quiet quitting and great resignations and loud quitting or whatever, I think more people than ever want to follow their passions. Everyone on this podcast has, and I encourage you to do the same. All right, guys, pack your swimsuits because we are going on a trip today with the amazing Tisha Newville. Tisha is a travel advisor who works with clients to create so much more than a simple itinerary. Whether it's a relaxing getaway, a deep dive into a new culture, or a return to a favorite destination, she uses research to design trips which help people travel in a hassle-free way and create lifelong memories. It's not just talk, because I first met Tisha when I reached out and asked her to help her plan a trip we were taking to Japan as a family dream trip back in 2017, and we've stayed friends, and I think her job is totally fascinating. Tisha has been to six continents and she was named a Condé Nast Traveler Top Travel Specialist in 2021 and 2022. So let's go around the world with Tisha. (laughs) Okay, now you can tell me about an entire story. I'm so, I'm so delighted for you, Tisha. I just, that just sounds so awesome. And oh, I'm sure it's it's just going to be so beautiful in May. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited. We're very excited. Yeah. We're dying yeah. to go back. We have some friends who we want to go yeah. with. We want the kids are like desperate to go to that new Nintendo world whenever it opens. I don't know if it's open yet. Like, Oh, I don't know park. anything about this. I don't think it's open oh. yet. It's like a Nintendo okay. theme park. So oh, okay. we have some big Nintendo fans in our lives who are itching <laughs> to go back. Oh, I'll I'll check and see. I'll see if I can find out about this. Yeah, do some le- do some legwork for <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, when I I I don't know if I told you that I lived in Japan a couple of times in the past. And the very first time I lived there, I was a day camp counselor on a military base. And this is how I met my husband. And one of the things we did with the kids to keep them busy, I'd say once a week, maybe we'd take them to different a different theme park. So there's so many theme what? parks all over. Yeah. There's so many theme parks all over Japan. And so I've been to a ton of them. You wouldn't know this about me, but I've been to oh a ton my of theme God. parks This is all like over such a Japan. fun fact. Yeah. yeah. So I'm happy to look into the Nintendo theme park for you. It's I'm not now so just dreaming about doing an entire trip to Japan. That's just like, if, if Carlos can just eat ramen the whole time and then <laughs> the kids and I can just go to theme parks every day, like that would 
basically be my dream. I think I can't. I'm trying to think if there's anything I'd like to do more than that. I don't know that there is. I actually think that's possible. There are that many theme parks that you could make a whole trip out of just going to theme parks every day. So if you ever really want to do it, I'm happy to help. Oh my God. Okay. And that is actually a great segue right. to having you, Tisha, on Quit Your Day Job. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And we've already been chatting for like 20 minutes about travel <laughs> and all this great stuff that we didn't record. So we'll try to repeat some of it for the benefit of okay. our viewers now. Okay. But um, Tisha, I'm so, so excited to have you on and so excited to learn about your job because uh, anybody who's listened to this podcast or knows anything about me knows that I have the travel bug. I am absolutely not alone (laughs) in that. So many people dream about being a travel agent, planning travel. People love planning travel as a hobby. So I'm really Mm -hmm. excited to get into your day job and how you got there. Wow. Well, thank, thank you so much for having me. And I hope that, you know, I have this weird semi long story about how I got there. And I, I hope it's, I hope it doesn't disappoint. <laughs> it won't. It won't. But before we get to that semi-long story, we yeah. have a little a little warm-up for you. It's just a okay. quick round of this or that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a couple options, and you have to tell me which one you prefer and why. And <laughs> there's no wrong answers, I think, to this quiz, although sometimes I've given people coffee or tea, and if they say tea, that is the wrong answer. But for this one that I'm giving you, there's no wrong answers. So are are you ready for your this or that? I'm ready. Okay. So the first one is planes or trains or automobiles, which is actually technically this or that or that, but there you go. Planes, trains, Trains. or automobiles. Trains. Okay. Why? Definitely. I, you know, when I was young, I was obsessed with I've, well, I've always been obsessed with mysteries, but I was particularly obsessed with Agatha Christie movies. Um, and I used to love watching just the old, horrible to say this, old timey trains, mm. you know, and just the mystery on the train kind of, I, I love that whole vibe. Um, and so I became obsessed with trains at a young age. And then fast forward to college, I went to college in Connecticut and grad school in New York and my family lived um, not far from the DC area. So I became accustomed to taking the, you know, train up and down the Northeast corridor growing up. And so continued my love of trains then. And and even now, you know, I, I love the whole, all the Belmont trains and I just, I, it, it, it's, it just feels relaxing and peaceful and, you know, you can see the countryside, you can see where you're going and just a reminder of a different era of travel that was very luxurious and special, I think. Totally. So you, you kind of, you really appreciate the distance you're traveling. Like when you get on a plane, you sort of, you get on in one side of the ocean, you get off in the other side of the ocean, you don't really have the opportunity to think, wow, I just flew halfway across the world, you know, whereas yes. on a train, you really notice the time you're spending getting there and everything in between, you know, where you get off and where you get on. So I think that's pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to sum it up. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two, mountains or beach? Oh, that's tough. So when I was younger, it used to be the beach. But now that I'm getting older, I don't know why I've made the shift, but I, I'd have to say mountains now. You know, I, I am a beach person. I love the sand. I Even though the desert isn't the beach, I love the desert. I love hot mm. weather. I, I love sunbathing. So for that reason, 
you know, the beach used to be it for me. Mountains now, I just, I love views and peacefulness yeah. and, and maybe that is part of getting older. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's why. Amazing. Okay. Up early or sleep in? Definitely up early. Um, oh God, and really, that might be a yes. wrong answer. No, just kidding. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Early bird. Tell me why. <laughs> um, you know, it's quiet then. You don't hear much noise or activity outside. I mean, there's not much noise in our house because it's just my husband and I, but just in terms of, you know, you don't hear cars, you don't hear people outside. Mm. They're just, it's just peaceful. And I can get a lot more done then. Um, I'm fresh. I'm, my mind is clear. Yeah. That's, that's really it. What about Um, when you vacation? The same thing. Unfortunately, I am. And my husband does not care for that. (laughs) He is definitely one who likes to sleep in, but I just, I, I love the morning. Yeah. And, and actually this, this will kind of, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my, my day um, and how that relates to waking up early. I, I don't sleep and my clients are always like, do you, do you ever sleep really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, well, I try, but so I usually will get up at 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m. I don't set an alarm. I just kind of That's wake up That's your natural time. Yeah, but, but I don't stay awake. So I wake up at 4 a.m.-ish and then I think, well, since I'm awake, you know, I might as well check in with Asia. I might as well check in with Europe. And so I'll check in with my, my partners who are on the ground in those regions since they're still at work and just see, you know, is there a question that I need to answer or is there a question I need to ask right. them before they leave for the day? And so I'll do that for a couple of hours, just in the bed on my phone, and then I'll go back to sleep. So I'll sleep again. Yeah, what a funny schedule! It is a very bizarre schedule. So I'll go back to sleep maybe from six to eight, or you know, from seven to nine, and then I'll I'll get up and I'll start my day again with the U.S. teams from like you know. 10 o'clock onwards, nine or 10 onwards. I guess when you're working with people that could be literally anywhere in the world, you know, your working hours are going to be all over the place. So good thing you do like getting up. Right, (laughs) right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's, it's, you know, it can be frustrating. Otherwise, if I get up and start my day at 10 or 11 every day, then, you know, I've missed several hours of communicating with Asia, you know, or some hours of communicating with Europe. And so it, it works out that I have horrible insomnia. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So you're not recommending this necessarily to be a successful travel agent. You do not have to get up at 4am every day. No, no. (laughs) It's just my own neuroses. No. (laughs) Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. But, but I am a morning person for that reason. And so usually because I've done that, then by two o'clock I'm exhausted and I, (laughs) yeah. So by two o'clock, I'm, I'm like, I'm done. I can't talk to anybody anymore. Just yeah. Leave me alone. (laughs) This is just reminding me two of my college roommates and I went to Madrid our freshman year. And it was like our Mm -hmm. first trip without parents. It was the first trip I ever took without like an adult, adult, any adult supervision. And, um, Mm -hmm. Benita, uh, is like a real early riser and she, we just felt like we were wait, like wasting the day if we woke up late. But of course, we're in Spain. So in Spain, you know, we were out at the clubs until four or five in the morning every day. And then Benita would get up at wow. like seven thirty. She would sleep two hours. She would get yes. up to go explore Madrid. But the only place open in Madrid was a KFC 
around um, <laughs> Puerta del Sol. And so she would just go sit in the KFC. And we have all these pictures of like being later, you know, at all the tourist attractions at like 1 or 2 p.m. And Benita has fallen asleep in the church <laughs> or at the castle because she's just, that was her schedule. Oh my god! It's just one of the funniest experiences of my life traveling with her. I love Benita still, but I'm not sure that is we would travel very well together anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a really fun trip. Okay, this is an important one: katsu curry or ramen? Oh, good question. Katsu curry, and I actually prefer them separate. I know my husband loves them together, katsu and curry. Ooh, but I actually, okay. yeah, I pre- I prefer them separate only because. If I put them together, the the katsu gets soggy. Mm. So, but I do love them both, and I think I love them more than ramen for sure. Mm. Yeah, delicious, delicious food. I think my my opinion in my house because Carlos oh, is, is such it? a ramen well, fan. Yeah, yeah. And what's your favorite? What's your preference? I have to say ramen because Carlos would be really? listening to this and <laughs> right. possibly say something else. Um, he makes his own ramen <laughs> since the pandemic, and I love his ramen. Wow. His ramen is really, really good. It's one of my favorite things to eat in the world. So, Does he make the noodles as well? He does himself? not. Oh, God. Am I blowing okay. up your spot on this podcast, Carlos? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but he makes everything else, and it's like a three-day Whole, it's a whole enterprise. In fact, there there is ramen being made in my house tonight, which means the stock was nice. started like two days ago and the eggs were started yesterday. And, you know, Ooh. but I'm the beneficiary of this. Uh, but I also love that too. And I love curry. I love it all. I really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's impressive about, about, about Carlos's uh, ramen making skills. I, I'll have to take you up on, you know, next or time have him make some the yes. next time in town. Yeah. That's really amazing. I yeah. So katsu and curry. I I think my love for curry stems from my my parents. So my parents are both originally from Jamaica, mm. and curry is a big part of the cuisine, the Jamaican cuisine. And so I grew up eating a lot of Jamaican curry, and then you know just over time started eating curries from different cultures. Yeah. And so I will always love a curry. Um, and I think that's part of why I love Japanese curry. And then you know who who doesn't love anything fried or breaded. So very you know, true. Of course, katsu, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. Okay. So final <laughs> question for you. This is not a this or that. It's a kind of a hot take. So someone is giving you a free first class ticket anywhere in the Ooh. world. Where do you go? Oh, <laughs> see, I, I hate to, I mean, I hate I hate to to say it, but it would have to be either either Japan or somewhere in the South Pacific. I'd lean towards the South Pacific only because, you know, it's it's a longer distance than Japan, yeah. and, and and you know, I might want that first class ticket yeah, to go free that ticket, direction a bit more. Bucks. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, and and I guess this goes back to my my love for the beach. Yeah, I think South Pacific, like either French Polynesia or Fiji or the Cook Islands. Yeah. Well, what I didn't tell you is you have to take me with you on this free first class ticket. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to come. <laughs> You're welcome to come. Oh my gosh, Tisha, that was such a great uh, this or that round. Thank you for being game for all my questions. Sure, sure. And Thank so you. why don't you start by describing uh, your job, like you would maybe for someone at a party or someone that you met that just asked, what do you do? 
Oh, well, um, so I'm a luxury travel advisor. I plan trips for people and I do everything from beginning to end. So someone will come to me and and sometimes people will come to me and, and not have any idea about where they want to go and I'll help them figure out where they want to go. I have a client right now who um, she's a repeat client and and just hasn't doesn't quite know where they want to take their family next. So we're spending some time just thinking through different destinations and what the pros and cons are for each and how how they would work for each member of her family because her family members are of different age ranges. Mm. You know, she has some kids who are nine years old and then some older kids who are in their late teens. And, and, you know, then obviously she and her husband and and another person. And so, yeah, so it can be like that. And then I also had some clients who come to me with a destination in mind. Um, So we'll start there. And then I just do everything from beginning to end. I, I prepare an itinerary for them. We go back and forth about what they care for and don't care for in the itinerary and and remove certain things. We remove, add or remove tours, Mm -hmm. um, hotels, villas. Um, Sometimes we'll book flights for people. Sometimes I'll have people book the flights on their own and we'll get the itinerary in a place that they're happy with and then start booking things and then they go. (laughs) And, um, And while they're traveling, I'm usually monitoring things and making sure that everything goes smoothly. And I check in with people when they get back. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. In the bio that you sent me, uh, you told me about this life-changing trip to Cairo that you took when you were younger. So tell me a little bit about that trip and how you got bitten by the travel bug. Yeah. So my parents have have forever been big travelers. And um, my dad, although his job wasn't related to travel. He used to travel a lot for work and he had to do a fair amount of work overseas. And he had a meeting in Egypt and I think it was the first big trip I was taking. I think we'd taken some trips around the US and in the Caribbean when I was younger, but it was the first big trip I was taking overseas. And yeah, it just, it was captivating, you know, Mm. to to be in the middle of a completely different culture with different sounds and smells and and different looking people. And because I was young, you know, I was maybe, I can't remember, so 13 or 14. Wow. You know, the markets, the 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 camels, the pyramids, just everything was so different. And and I found that really fascinating. And it made me think, wow, you know, I really want to see more of what's different out there by visiting other countries. And so started from there. And you you actually didn't start your career in travel. So what was your path kind of getting into the job that you're doing now? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh my goodness. So I have this crazy, crazy path. Um, and, and it's, that's it's my favorite kind long. of path. So good. <laughs> <laughs> it's rather long. So, so feel free to cut me off if, if, if I go too far off the rails with this. <laughs> so I, I, it kind of started in college. I, you know, when I first entered college, my plan was to be pre-med and I was going to, you know, become a doctor. And, and I took a, a year or two of biology and chemistry. And I was like, whoa, this is way more than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I had a roommate uh, who was part Hawaiian, part Korean, part Japanese and Chinese. And she was taking this sociology class that was focused on Japanese society and culture. And she said, you know, why don't you try this class? The professor's really great and 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 the topic's really fascinating. You know, maybe it will get you into sociology. And so took the class, fell in love with Japanese culture. That was my first introduction to it, but but also fell in love with sociology. Mm. And so from there decided to major in sociology. And I also went to grad school and did my master's in sociology. And I really, what I loved about it was just understanding, you know, cultures and and what made people tick, and and so, and and also the research side of it. I think a big part of sociology is doing, you know, research to understand those cultures and understand people. And so when I finished grad school, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I knew it was going to be something research related. Um, and I put my resume on Monster. I don't know if you remember Monster. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, right, yeah. And so this is way before Indeed and before um, LinkedIn. And so I put my resume on Monster and a recruiter found me there and, and said, you know, I have this ad research company that's looking for someone and I think you'd be great. Why don't you interview with them? And I said, sure, why not? So I interviewed with them and and it was, you know, loved what they were doing and they liked me and and so they hired me. And Amazing. so I started this career, yeah, in brand and advertising research. And I was hired to join the quant team, which is short for quantitative, because I, in my youth, I had had a, a passion for math and science and, and I was really good at that kind of stuff. And so I joined the quantitative team and and spent two and a half years really on that team. And we basically created and conducted online surveys, which were used to understand how consumers felt about specific brands and advertising. And we would give companies advice on how they could improve those brands and improve their ads based on what people were telling us in the surveys. And about two years into it, I became more exposed to qualitative research. I, I was lucky my my bosses at the time on the quant side, they, you know, were completely amenable to the idea of me shifting to the qual team. And so um, they transitioned me to the qual team so that I could do that. 
And so I, I loved the, the the side of it that was about the people, but I also loved the travel side of it. Right. Because, yeah, because they were actually speaking with people in person, they actually they had to travel all the time to do their work. And so they were traveling like in an average month, two weeks out of the month or in a bad month, three weeks out of the month. And I I just loved that. Yeah. And so I shifted to that side of the, the business and um, spent the bulk of my first career doing that. I think I think I did that for about 12 to 13 years. That's what I did. I would travel to all these different countries and conduct oh God, focus groups. How fascinating. Yeah. And conduct focus groups, ethnographies, interviews, and, and would come back and analyze all the findings and tell clients, you know, this is kind of overall what people are thinking. And here's how maybe it's a little different in India. And here's how it's a little different in Japan. Or, you know, here's here's what's similar. And you should really stick with this because, you know, this is going to connect with everyone. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it for the travel. I loved the work itself was really fascinating. Yeah. And did that for, like I said, uh, 12 to 13 years. And, and so in total, my, that career, when you add the quant part was, was almost 16 years Wow. and just, yeah. <laughs> and got to the point where I, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was caring too much about the travel and I wasn't right. caring. <laughs> you were much. like, wait, I don't care about <laughs> all the other things I'm supposed to be doing for my job. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. All I cared about was where am I going next? You know, am I going to Delhi next? Am I going to, and I didn't care as much about the actual research. And I thought, well, this isn't fair to my clients. You right. know, I, I should really shift to something else if, if, you know, all I'm thinking about is the travel. And I thought, well, maybe I can do something travel related. And I didn't know what though, and just started looking around online. And I knew, I already knew I liked planning travel, but I didn't realize that there were these people called travel advisors and, Mm -hmm. and so did some digging and found a mentoring program um, that actually helped people become travel advisors. And it seemed like a great program. And applied and and got accepted and and did that and they they basically spent a year with us training us on how to to work well as a travel advisor and also helping us start our business yeah and then it took off from there and that was that was the start of 2016 so oh, wow. amazingly it's been yeah it's been 6 years since i started the business yeah and i'm loving it so that's my 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 long journey to get here but it, i feel like it's all kind of been related in in various ways you know when i think back to what i studied in college and grad school just sociology and thinking about you know my interest in cultures and 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 then working in qual for a while and understanding cultures in that area and now shifting it to I just feel like I, I, I love I love traveling I love vacation traveling but I also really loved when I used to travel a lot for work and I had a job at a big British bank for a while that had a lot of operations in Asia and so I went to India a lot I went to East Asia a lot mm. and but going and sort of having a purpose and also really having mm-hmm. an opportunity to learn just to be able to ask people questions about their lives in a way that you kind of don't mm-hmm. get to do when you're a tourist somewhere, right? So when you're a tourist, you go and you get to kind of experience lots of different things about a culture, but you may never really know, you know, you, ne- you may never get the chance to interact with locals and ask them about their lives. I mean, what a cool yes. experience that might have been. And that must really impact how you plan people's trips now, the fact that you kind of had those travel experiences. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and you're so right. You don't get to have those experiences when you travel for leisure. And and yes, it it does impact how I plan people's trips. I mean, just thinking about the family that I was mentioning earlier who are trying to decide where to go, I in describing some of the destinations to her, I was able to think back to, you know, what do I know about this culture and, you know, is this culture really going to fit with their interests? Right. Is it going to fit with their age ranges? I, I, I explicitly told them, look, I don't think you should go to this one country because it's just not right for kids. Like mm. it's just what I know of it culturally, there's just, you know, it doesn't have the activities that they'll have. They're better off going to these other, you know, countries because there's this about the culture that they'll love and this and that. And, and so, yeah, it does impact things, impact how I plan trips for people. How much do you get to travel now as part of your job? You know, I could try it. I think if you, if you were speaking with me pre pandemic, I would have said uh, quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, I think right before the pandemic, I think I was traveling every two months, maybe. Yeah. And I think now it slowed down a bit, obviously, because of the pandemic. Maybe now I travel four times a year. Um, but it, that's because I've made my own personal shift to taking longer trips. Right. Um, I think before the pandemic, I was taking a lot of short trips. I would, you know, go somewhere for three days, four days, but it, it and, and that is one of the benefits of the, the job is that, you know, we can travel a lot. We get invited to many places because we need to see, you know, we need to see the destinations. We need to experience them, them ourselves. We need to see hotels so that we can come back and really give our clients information about what it's really like on the ground there. Yeah. But now I'm on this path towards taking, you know, longer trips. I really want to, you know, spend a lot of time getting to know a place, which is something very different from what, not just what I was doing on the travel side before the pandemic, but even in my last career, um, we often didn't spend more than two or three days in a place. (laughs) And so it's nice to be able to go somewhere for three weeks and just immerse myself in the culture. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so, you know, you and I started working together 2017, probably. Maybe, yeah. It was 2018, I think, even (laughs) if that like is insane how long ago it was. Um, Yeah. We didn't meet in person until last summer when you did your kind of first big post-pandemic, well, post-pandemic, but you know, I suppose (laughs) mid-pandemic. Right. (laughs) But your first since COVID overseas trip and you came on this like incredible trip to the UK. You had this insane (laughs) itinerary that I was like, absolutely envious of. I mean, what, you know, are these trips, like, are you planning things? Are people reaching out to you and saying, come and try this? Like, how does that typically work? And maybe you can share a little bit about what you did when you were over here, because it was amazing. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, it's, it's all over the board, really. There are times when, when I decide, I want to go here. You know, I've been dying to go to this place and see it more and learn more about it. And so then I'll reach out to anyone I work with in that region and I'll ask them to help me plan it. Or I might reach out to some hotels in that region and say, Hey, I'm, I'm, coming. Can I, can I see your hotel? Can you give me a tour of the hotel? And they always want to give you a tour of the hotel because, you know, they, they want you to know more about it too. And there are other times when we're invited and when we're invited, it can sometimes be, you know, we want you to come and you can come on your own whenever you want. And there can be actual 
trips that large trips that have been planned for a large group of travel advisors to go together and experience a destination. Um, and we call them FAM trips or EDU. So FAM is short for familiarization trip or EDU educational trip. Love it. Yeah. And so um, a bunch of advisors will go and, and, and somebody will have, whether it's the hotel will have planned it or a tour company there will have planned a variety of activities for us to to do while we're there and they'll give us tours of various hotels as well so we can see you know what the destination is is completely like so the trip to london it was um it was fantastic and it was so amazingly well planned by my partners um noteworthy they are based in the uk and they are specialists in planning beyond exceptional uk trips and you know it things had started to reopen but but there were still some places that weren't fully open around the world and right. and they wanted to really showcase that london had opened and that you could come and have a safe experience and have a fun time and so I don't know the exact number of us. It must have been somewhere over 40 travel advisors, luxury travel advisors from the US who were invited. And they they took us around London and had us do fun things like go on a street art tour and they they had us see a, a snippet of a, a show. They had us meet with a member of the royal family. They all different kinds of fun things so we could even though, you know, we'd all been to London before, but just you know, to, to see what it's like as a tourist post pandemic, or yeah. like you said, middle in the middle of the pandemic yeah. and, and see that you could still have a fantastic time. And we got to see also all of the fabulous hotel luxury hotels that are there and see what they're doing now for people. Yeah. And it was, it was just awesome. And then after that, I, and usually what happens is after someone has invited me for a trip like that, I end up tacking on a few days to go on my own to explore some other part mm. of the region. And since we were right there, I thought, oh, I've never been to Scotland. Somehow I've never been to Scotland. So I thought, well, it's perfect timing. You know, we can pop up there. And so my husband flew over and, and we, we went up to Scotland for maybe it was a week. And that's when we saw you and got to explore Edinburgh and, and then went a little bit further out and went and stayed at Glen Eagles, which is a, oh my gosh, amazing, amazing place, which I know you know. Oh, having I love stayed it. There. You're ready for them to <laughs> hire me to be like a brand ambassador. If you're listening, Glen Eagles, <laughs> I will absolutely shill anything you would like me to in exchange for being able to go back there as often as possible. <laughs> Yeah, it is really a spectacular place. So yeah, we did that and did some whiskey tasting as well. Um, we love whiskey. Yeah. Okay, so, so Tisha, you've highlighted like mm -hmm. all these really amazing things about <laughs> your job. There, okay, there have to be you. things that there have to be things that maybe are not amazing. Are there? Are there? <laughs> is there anything that's not great about what you do? You know, I think I, I was I was racking my brain trying to think of. You were like, no. Nope. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is really bad about it? And it, it, it was a struggle to think of something, but I will say flight cancellations and flight delays are mm. probably the worst thing. And it's not the cancellation or delay itself. It's the ripple effect. Right. It's, yeah, I feel like that more than anything can completely decimate a trip. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, if you are delayed by one day, you know, your whole safari can be completely, you know, 
not, I don't want right. to say wrecked, but you know, it can be so hugely impacted because there's there are limited flights to get from, you know, one region, one part of South Africa, let's say, to another part. And and if you don't catch that flight and, and the flights following or booked, you know, you may be more than a, a day delayed, even though really your flight was only delayed by a few hours. And so just the, the the ripple effect is huge when when there's a flight delay or a flight cancellation. That's definitely the most stressful part, the the worst part of the job. Yeah. But, I bet that, but really kick, that that's, kicks off for you. Like you, you've got, if someone's flight is delayed and you've planned this whole trip for them, you've got to go back and kind of very quickly figure out how you're going to fight that fire. Yeah. I imagine that. Yes. Like in the moment, very stressful for you because you've got to manage everything that uh, that might come after. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. But everything else is sort of, you know, when when hiccups happen in any other area, it's pretty manageable. So it's it's just that. So, yeah. So what you're saying <laughs> is I should probably intern as a travel agent for my next internship. Yeah. Yes, you should. You should definitely, definitely. Great. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot. Oh, of Carlos fun. will definitely. be completely not thrilled. He already thinks I travel too much. So, <laughs> um, Tisha, it's been so great to learn about your job. I mean, I think a lot of people, if they're anything like me, are listening to this, being like, um, "This is a job I would like to do." So, what practical <laughs> advice would you give to someone who's thinking about making a move into travel planning as a career? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I guess there are a few things. One, I think you you have to be detail-oriented. I mean, I I know there are tons of jobs where you have to be detail-oriented, but I feel like with this this especially, there's so many moving parts to a trip and and so much is dependent on, you know, the timing of things and the organization of things that that, you know, that's that's one thing to keep in mind. And also, you have to have patience. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, as we were talking about with the hiccups, things will happen. Things always happen. And so you have to be patient when those was patient and 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 positive when those things do happen. <laughs> but also, I think a big thing is is having the ability to listen and absorb and the willingness to learn. And I think some of that comes into play with our clients. I think it's really important to listen to what they tell us they want. And, and also when I say listening, not just listening to what they exactly tell us, but also listening and be able, being able to read between the lines and, and understand what they, what they might need that they haven't actually verbalized. And, and also willingness to, to learn and listen when thinking about those other cultures that you might be introducing yeah. clients to and and with working with our partners who are in those other cultures and listening to what they're dealing with. And yeah. All right. Well, Tisha, expect me showing up for my internship tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow morning, not at 4 a.m. when you start work, but uh, <laughs> um, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Tisha, for coming on and for sharing Thank this you. place of your life and your job with us. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thanks so much for listening to Quit Your Day Job. We are a Zibby Audio production, and we want to send a huge thanks to Zibby Owens, Chelsea Grogan, and the team at Texture Sound for their support. Don't forget to pre-order my What If Year, sign up for my mailing list on aliciafmiranda.com, and find me on Instagram, at aliciafmiranda. It's the best place to find news about my wild upcoming book tour, future podcasts, and of course, memes about Gilmore Girls and coffee. And if you decide to quit your day job, please share that too.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.